to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to the Dave's I Know EPL Preview Edition. We have some original Daves. Uh, well, not necessarily original Daves. That is David Martin. He's not here anymore. But some uh, some better Daves. We have MJ. Hello. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Excellent. Uh, Dan Wade is also in the house. What is up? It's good to be back. It's been. Uh, it's probably been almost exactly a year, actually. Yeah. And by saying in the house, I mean we're at the Black Heart. We are uh, trying to catch the second half of the um, Spain-Netherlands match, which is currently 0-0. Uh, if you listen to this podcast tomorrow morning when I post it, you'll know the how this game ended up. But it's uh, pretty, uh, pretty event-filled, and there's a shit ton of people here. I'm very pleasantly surprised. It turns out when soccer games are on at normal people hours instead of 2 in the fucking morning, people will show up for it. Yeah, even... Even women's soccer, weird. The the lady soccer gets gets the uh, the respect too. Even when the U.S. women's national team are not playing, people will show up for women's soccer. Fancy, fancy that. So um, we are actually back here, but we are because we are here to discuss the EPL. Um, all three of us have EPL teams um, of differing um, <laughs> ambitions. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I, I did go back and look at our, our predictions from uh, last year, and uh, you guys actually did pretty good with your predictions in terms of the um, the top teams. Uh-huh. I did much better my t- prediction of the teams in the relegation battle. So wait a minute, you picked Everton to get relegated, so that was yeah, wrong. that was the only one that I missed. though. and like, I, I got the I got two of the other ones though. Okay. So um, you are a known hater, so recognizing other haters, I yes. think, is, is within your DNA. There is one thing I do, and it's, love to, it's I love to hate Everton. So, um, <laughs> so we're gonna. The last couple of years, we've done a, a sort of a team by team breakdown of the of the games. We're not gonna do that this year because number one, uh, that that podcast takes like two fucking hours to record, which I don't want to do anymore. Um, it's now also not as fun as just like shooting the shit with my friends. So, I we have some questions though, and that we're gonna sort of like. Uh, talk about the EPL in terms of these questions that uh, I have sort of concocted out of my uh, harebrained mind, um, but also like listen to other uh, EPL preview podcasts. So I may have may or may not have stolen one of these as well. So um, and then we'll give our we will give our predictions relegation um, and then uh, you know top six. Uh, the cool thing about the uh, new Champions League format next year is that. Probably the top five teams are going to Champions League this year, so and Tottenham still won't be in Europe. So it's, that's I, I love this format. Yes, and nor, nor will Everton. So, um, but we'll get to that point. So, all right, let's let's any MJ, you've been very quietly quietly silent. Anything you want to add before we uh, jump into the the thing? No, no, we'll save it for the pod. He's he's lying in wait. 
I'm just going to do some Everton uh, ninja shit on us, and it'll be weird. So, uh, All right, let's let's jump off with the, the question. So there's new rule, um, new EPL rule about added time. Uh, they're not going to just automatically just say 30 seconds for goals scored, substitutions, things like that. The, the referees are actually going to keep track of the time, and they're, and they're going to add that time to it. Uh, the predictions are that there will be about uh, – Probably like six to seven more minutes of, of soccer play during games. Yeah. Um, so we're going to see, at least at the beginning of the season for sure, some uh, times that look like the, the, the Dubai, uh, the World Cup in Dubai from December where we're like, you know, 119 minutes and shit like that. It's like, who do you guys think benefits most from this new EPL rule about added time? I think Manchester City benefits. Of course they do. They no, always no, do. Wait, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, let me explain. Because of their style of play, that they can kill time off by just passing the ball around better than any other team in the league. Sorry, Dan. That if they do do some, you know, time-wasting shit, if their opponent does some time-wasting shit and stuff is added, they will be able to kill off the clock with a lead better than other teams. I think it's a, I think it's a good point. I think City is a team that will benefit uh, – I think Arsenal will, too. I think Liverpool will, as well. It's teams that have deep squads. If you can sub somebody on in, let's say, Adrian Heath's ideal sub window, minutes 69 to 71. Uh, or, like you say, 95 to 97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, I was say that one. <laughs> you got to save one. So what if your goalkeeper dies? You know, because you got to have, have a sub, and then, you know, so you don't have an, an and Fred, Fred, Fred Emmings can come on and save penalties or something. Yeah, exactly, I have no idea. Yeah. Exactly. So... Subbing somebody on in the 70th minute now gives them closer to half an hour, even 35 minutes in a weird game, instead of 20 minutes, 21 minutes, where the last two or three are basically crap minutes anyway. So for teams that can sub first-team quality players on at that point, you can run at tired legs, tired minds, maybe draw a penalty, that kind of thing. Uh, But uh, the... uh, the teams that are going to be hurt are your Burnley, Luton Town, Crystal Palace, even like a Fulham, where if they're subbing players on to try to cope with that, they're not of the caliber of the players that started that game. And, I mean, especially if there's teams chasing games, which, you know, um, either chasing a draw uh, to salvage a point or chasing a win. Um, how many times did Man City – I mean, I didn't look this up, but, like, how many times did Man City uh, score, like, in the, like, 93rd minute of a game and and, and – Draw, like pull three points out of one, or or got a, a, a draw out of zero points. So yeah, I think you're right. The the teams with the bigger squads are going, definitely going to take advantage of that. The one team actually um, that's not a big squad, or like top seven, eight, whatever we're calling it, that top of the table now is is uh, Burnley, because uh, Vincent Company. I think that team, because um, that team is very young, could also benefit from. Uh, having some extra time to play with at the end of matches and just running at tired legs as well. But I think the teams that definitely are going to be hurt by this, uh, your Everton's, sorry, MJ, uh, your you know, uh, the Chelsea probably is fine, but, um, yeah, the Everton's, Bournemouth's, like the teams that are kind of like Wolves, uh, teams that don't have the, the depth, to dance point, the depth that it needs to to rotate a squad properly. Yeah, I think we're not going to see so much of the, like, ah, we've got 
11 wily Premier League veterans that are 34 and a half years old and they can't <laughs> run, but they know how to tactical foul. Those teams are going to get the shit beaten out of them. Right on. Okay. May I read the quote? So Howard Webb explained, you will see more time on the board usually because we are going to be calculating how long it takes from a goal being scored to the game restarting and how long substitutions take instead of using a general rule of thumb of 30 seconds like we traditionally did. Did either of you know that this is how they calculated ex extra time? Or I really thought it was a minute. Time? Sorry, I thought, it was, I thought it was a minute for goals and a minute for subs, but apparently I was off. Like, no wonder why it was so off. 30 seconds is horrible. There was, there was a great... Um, piece in the athletic i only i curse i just cursorily skimmed it but basically like arsenal or was it was it arsenal or new arsenal or newcastle one of those teams spent like two hours celebrating goals last year it was year. arsenal arsenal yeah it was vaguely embarrassing but we scored a lot of goals so. yeah i mean you scored like what 88 or something like that yeah. like you scored a lot of goals like two hours celebrating goals is a long fucking time the i think the other thing i saw um presumably if if everything if they do things that they said they're gonna do we're going to add about 20 hours to uh, EPL matches over the course of the year. So, I mean, that's just, it's more soccer for us, which is good, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Hopefully. I won't, uh, I won't read the full quote, but you should look up uh, Rafael Varane's Twitter. Uh, he basically pointed out something that I think is very much worth watching with this, which is injury rates. I mean, players have been saying for the last two or three seasons that the sheer number of games is too high. And now we're adding intentionally five, six, seven, eight minutes per game and asking players not to take as many breaks during the game like i mean if, if you add say if you add an extra 5 minutes per game that's basically adding another game onto every every player right, right? do do you think though that this will have the desired effect which is that goal score people when they score a goal will not celebrate as long or maybe not that but less time wasting less dark arts and faster substitutions not oh we have a lead let me just walk off slowly do you think that will happen eventually yes but not at first i think the the thing that will help with the substitutions was a change they put in last year which is you can walk off anywhere on the field instead of having to walk off at the center line with, sure. with the sub yep i i don't i think you will see teams who don't care about playing at a time they'll celebrate just as much and teams that know that that's not beneficial for them will be very frustrated by that. I hate time-wasting. I really do. Uh, I screamed at Steve Clark during the Houston game last year for time-wasting, and I know he heard me because he started laughing about it. So t <laughs> I should be absolutely ecstatic about this. I'm the exact type of person that this is built for, and I'm so worried about player health that I just can't enjoy it yet. They also mentioned that they were going to be more likely to give out yellow cards so maybe that will help on the injury front, but not on the wear and tear over minutes. Well, we'll get to this other piece a little bit later, but what referees say they intend to do and what they do are often not the same thing. So if they start booking goalies for time wasting in the 18th minute, in the 31st minute, I'll believe it. And I think that would have an impact. If they're not willing to incur the wrath of coaches and home fans, it's not going to make a difference. Yep, there you go. Um, all right, let's move on. Who wins the Golden Boot, not Holland division? Because I I think we all kind of assume Holland will probably win the Golden Boot, but if you had to pick somebody that's not uh, Erlen Holland to win the Golden Boot, who is it? Dan, let's go to you first. So I, I love Alexander Isak for Newcastle. I have loved him. Is he going to live up to his potential? 
if he can stay healthy, he will. But, I mean, that's going to be true of so many players. But uh, Alain St. Maximum is off to Saudi Arabia, so that's fewer chances that are going to other players. He'll still split goals with Callum Wilson to an extent, but I just think he's such a, an intelligent player with when he makes the runs. His body movements are silky. He can get himself open. I think he's got a shot at legitimately 25-27 goals. MJ, who you got? I have the other Newcastle player, Alexander Isak. No, that, wait, that was that, that was is, mine. That's literally who he was talking about, oh. Isak. <laughs> wait a minute, who? who wait I love my Swedes, MJ. Yeah, no, uh, who? Did, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce Rasmus Hoyland. Oh, from Man, Man, from Man, Man, Man U. U. Yeah, Man U. Yeah. Okay, I got that guy. Any any reason why? Nope. Other than he's he's not, he's he's not from from a team I hate. So how's that? That's a plus. I mean, yeah. I hate Manchester United, but like. I also hate other teams, so it's just like, like he's, you know, yeah. No, he, that he took, he took, he took someone from Newcastle, so that was going to be my pick. But like, Rasmus Hoyland. Uh, okay, um, I'm surprised you didn't pick anybody from Arsenal, Dan. I, I mean, I love the Arsenal attack. I really do, but I think they're far more likely to see. 15 goals from Gabriel Martinelli and 17 from Saka and 13 from Jesus, then one guy who just boots the ball into the back of the net a million times. Okay. Well, I'm going to – so I'm not – obviously, I think it's going to be solid if it, if it is somebody else besides Holland. However, for this actual prediction, I'm going to say with the Harry Kane news that came up today, I'm going to say Hung Min Son. He's, he's shared a golden boot before. I think he could easily sc- and that if if Kane definitely goes, he is the focal point of that attack. He could easily, and I'm guessing he probably takes over the uh, penalty kick duties for Tottenham. He could easily score 25 goals. Holland, I mean, I knock on wood, he's on my goddamn fantasy team, but he could definitely <laughs> get hurt. He's definitely done that in the past. I'm guessing this would be the year where he gets hurt in the first fucking game. He's out for like most of the season because I picked him first overall. And not Salah, like I should have done with the first overall draft pick in our goddamn fantasy league, Dan. But um, I, 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 let's go, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Hoon Min Son. If, if, if it's not Holland, it's Hoon Min Son. So. Son was not particularly productive last year, but he was also hurt for like the entire All season. The, yeah, the entire season. And so I, that's a savvy pick. I, I'll give you credit. I think that's a good pick. All right. So which teams are we most concerned about? This is the non-Everton or newly promoted edition, right? We're not we're leaving Everton out of this one because we'll have a conversation about Everton later or the newly promoted teams. Is there a particular team that is uh, in the league right now that we are concerned about going down very fast? Um, MJ. I know what you're going to say, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Bournemouth. Bournemouth? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is fair. I'm going to say Crystal Palace. Oh, I, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh. Cool. Uh, I... I was high on Crystal Palace this time last year, and they just kind of underperformed all season. They never really got over the loss of Connor Gallagher. Um, I know they tried to bring him in from Chelsea unsuccessfully. This summer, they turned around and lost Wilfred Zaha. Looks like they're going to lose Michael Olise as well. Uh, they brought in a young Brazilian player who I think is going to be talented, but at 19, it's a little much to ask him to carry an entire Premier League side. 
And maybe worst of all, for all the players they've lost, they have gotten a grand total of zero dollars according to Transfer Marked, which means they have no ability to like mitigate the spending they're going to need to do. So this is a squad that we have already seen not perform up to what they can, lose their best player, potentially their two best players, and not bring in anyone. That's not a recipe for success. That, yeah, that makes sense now you're talking about it. Um, I'm just going to say, uh, Wolves are fucked. Yeah. Speaking of not bringing any players, letting all of their players leave and not spending any yeah. money. Also, they just lost their coach a fucking day ago, four days before the season kicks off for them. Um, I, 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 it, I much as I hate to say it, because I, I know a lot of Wolves fans, and I'm friends with a lot of Wolves fans, and they come here to watch soccer. They're going to be watching uh, Wolves games on ESPN Plus next year. Spoiler alert for my uh, relegation picks. Um, Wolves are, are not in a good spot right now. I will say this. If they do get relegated, Wolves in the championship become absolutely must-see TV because Adama Traore just absolutely wrecking Buddy, shop. not on the team anymore. Did, oh, did they, they lost a, him too? He's a free agent. Oh, my God. They, have, they, lost so they have not signed him. Oh, no. no nobody has signed Adama Traore, which I'm like... Fucking, I, 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 all right, if any of you uh, Minnesota United people are listening to this podcast um, and have any ill, a good good faith will towards Mark Watson and Adrian Heath, fucking assign Adama Traore. I want that dude's, I want those, that dude's thighs running down the right for Minnesota United. Hey, it worked for Roman Metinair. Who's also a thigh mother? Come on. Like, <laughs> man, imagine imagine Bongi and Adama Traore running at people. Fuck me, man. That'd be amazing. So, uh, all right. So, let's move on. <laughs> Anything else from who we are? Is there any other teams that we're uh, a little leery on for this upcoming season that are not the newly promoted teams? We'll talk about them in a little bit. So. You said wolves, so yeah. yeah like, yep. that, one thing I think that's fascinating about the Prem this year is it's way easier to pick the tier or the general position a team is in than it is to pick their actual final position. So I'm nervous about West Ham, who is sitting on oh yeah a hundred million dollars. David Moyes is definitely getting fired this year. <laughs> yeah, they won a fucking trophy last year. David Moyes <laughs> is definitely getting fired this year. They have a fantastic attack, and the defense isn't even vibes it's like the threat of vibes <laughs> and in order to strengthen it they're bringing in harry Maguire, whose position on manchester united was so tenuous they brought in several other players at his position just in case several players got hurt and scott mctominay whose number one skill is violence and like it's fine you can do that but they don't have an offense that's going to score six seven goals they have an offense that's going to score two or three but i do I think they're going to get relegated? No. Do I think they're going to be hilariously pathetic for most of the season? Absolutely. So, is David Moyes the most successful coach to be fired multiple, like, once he gets fired from this West Ham gig, which I'm guessing will happen before Christmas, by the way. I'm throwing that out there as a, as a prediction. Um, he's probably the most successful coach that's ever been fired three times in the Premier League. Did, how many times has Jose been fired? What's that? How many times has Jose Mourinho been fired? Yeah, good, good point. At, it's a at, different at, type of firing. At least three times. I mean, 
Yes, it is. It, it's, that is like a mutually, a, 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 you know, mutually assured destruction sort of scenario. Yeah. I think Moise has actually been fired. Like, Mourinho is like... Sam Allardyce. Yeah, well, big, big Sam. Big, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good yeah, one. Depending on what you say, successful. Like, it, <laughs> well, I'm you saying hire like, him for one reason. Listen, and and he's been very successful for the one thing you hire him for. David Moyes has won fucking trophies and won like European trophies, and he's been fired. And I'm not even I'm not even including his fucking stint in uh, Italy. Like, this is just just the EPL. Like, he's been fired. When he's fired by West Ham, he'll be fired by three different fucking teams. So. He's one of the most baffling coaches. Because you're right. Objectively, he's been very successful. And when the team plays like he wants them to play, you can see why. But if they deviate from it at all, they look like horseshit. So if you, if you, give, if you give David Moyes a time machine and say you can go back to one point in your life and just like alter the universe, that dude definitely goes back to... The day he signed the contract with Manchester United, and he punches Alex Ferguson in the face and says, "Fuck you! I'm staying with Everton." And he's he's an Everton lifer, right? Absolutely, right? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't go back and kill and kill baby Hitler. He fucking goes back to that <laughs> that point of his life, and he does that. He doesn't. He's like, yeah. "Fuck the World War II. I don't you know. I don't care about that. Like, I need to like refigure out my fucking shit." And I'm going back, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm punching Alex Ferguson in the face, saying, fuck you, I'm an Everton lifer. And Everton probably is better for it. Maybe, the, like, having a long-standing manager that is building a system and provides a consistent framework may be a good thing. I mean, Everton was good when he left, and they have been shit since then. Am I, am I wrong, MJ? Sorry. No, like, but it's not just the manager. It's, it's things like Lukaku and poor management of money. So, like, losing Lukaku and and just horrible, shit, horrible front office management of, of, of money is, is like, the big reasons why Everton are shit. Coaching, yeah, yeah. Having Moy, someone like Moyes would help. And actually, that's one of the things I like about the Sean Dyche appointment is he's that type of, like, let's simplify this. We're going to get down. We're going to focus on defense. We're going to simplify our systems and tactics. And here's how we're going to play. Because... We have a budget, a very tight budget, and that means we don't get the best players, so this is how we have to play. And Sean seems to be kind of that type of guy, like Moyes was that type of guy. And the problem was, when we were finishing top eight, when Everton was finishing top eight for so many seasons in a row, they thought we could get top four. Yeah. They, they thought, and so then they started fucking with it. You just got to own where you are. You're a mid-table at best team. Like, like maybe you can get Europe, but, like, who cares? Like, they, they, they shot for the stars when they should have been steadily incrementing. We'll, we'll get to Everton, to Everton shortly. Um, I mean, Sean Dyche just wants to fight people. I think that is his general vibe. And which, eat worms. Which I'm, which I'm cool with. Like, that's, like, if that's your vibe, that's your vibe, man. Like, cool. Um, I mean, we, we have to point out that he did, at Burnley, have to call a press conference in which he disavowed eating worms because the rumor was so persistent and so believable that it could no longer be ignored. The man eats worms and fights people. <laughs> but to, to MJ's point, simple identity. Eat worms, fight people. I'm Sean Dyche. You know what? There you go. All right, let's move on. Um, so now we're going to sort of take a, a bigger, a broader picture look here. Um, there are English, there are good English teams in all three European competitions this year: uh, Champions League, Europa League, and Europa Conference League. Can English teams win all three Europa European competitions this year? 
I think it comes down to whether Liverpool take Europa League seriously. Because yeah. Aston Villa in the Conference League, I think they have a very, very good shot at winning. Uh, we'll get into this later, but I'm very high on Aston Villa this year. Champions League, always a little bit of a dice roll. I think uh, I think Harry Kane going to Bayern is, uh, may, maybe gives them an advantage, especially because I don't think Dortmund reloaded with the Jude Bellingham money all that effectively. But you look at the Europa League, and the, the three teams in there are Liverpool, Brighton, and West Ham. And it's hilarious that West Ham is in there because they're going to get rocked. I forgot that West Ham's in the Europa League this year. Yes, they are because they won Conference League, yep. so you get bumped up. Okay. So they're, uh, yeah, they're going to get rocked. They're going to lose by like 14 goals at Slavia Prague or something like that. So or the Faroese team that qualified up the Faroes. Um, so the last time Liverpool was in Europa League, they went to the final. And I think they could again, but I wonder. So last year, Arsenal was in a legit title race in the Prem. And then in Europa League, and once injuries started clicking and we the squad thinned out a little bit, it became very clear which competition they cared about. And I wonder if the same thing is going to happen to Liverpool. If they're within two points of Man City or Arsenal, whoever's leading at the time, and all of a sudden you've got a Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday kind of setup, one of those games has to give and... I don't know Jurgen Klopp's mind, but I know his style, and I think he wants to beat Man City worse than he wants to win in Europe. That's true. Uh, he also likes to win trophies, so I know that there's that as well. So, and the Europa League is like one of the things they've never won as a as a team. So, it's throwing another another uh, mural on the wall. So, MJ, any thoughts on can uh, English teams win all three competitions? No. Uh, they can't. Uh, I know they've won both Champions League and Europa before. Spain has also done that. I'm sure other leagues have done that. But all three, it's just too improbable. Fair enough. All right. Um, so I think probably the two most intriguing manager, managers in the EPL, not Klopp or Guardiola, are uh, Dejerbi and Frank uh, Thomas, Thomas Frank. Frank. Um, which of those guys goes first to a bigger club? And I, I, I say I put bigger in quotes because obviously Brighton and uh, Brentford are big clubs in the grand scheme of things, but like they're not big clubs. Let's let's call a spade a fucking spade. Um, which and, and they both have done amazing things. Uh, Frank uh, Thomas Frank with Brentford for several years now. Um, Dejerby coming in after Graham Potter left. Uh, for Brighton, which of those guys goes to a bigger club first, and uh, which club do you think it is? I think I know a lot of people love Thomas Frank, um, who's a, a football manager player. One of my favorite uh, trends on like the football manager subreddits and on uh, Twitter and shit like that are people playing FM and Thomas Frank looking over their shoulder disapprovingly, which is a thing that has happened on numerous trains and planes. But Frank is going to be playing this season without uh, Ivan Tony, who was oh fuck yeah, I forgot about that. Suspended by the FA so, for till January, right? Yeah, long ass time, and it's going to be a little bit of a litmus test for him. Um, you know, how well can you do without your best player? Can you adapt to that, or are you like a lot of Spurs managers? And I actually don't say that pejoratively, riding one incredible striker and kind of building an okay system behind them. So I think his star may be down just a little bit as people try to tr figure out what he is individually capable of and what is the Brentford system. 
Deserby, on the other hand, I think can only get hotter. I think his he is he can do no wrong at this point. And look, because Brighton sold Alexis McAllister and uh, Caicedo in all likelihood. I mean, we'll find that out for sure tomorrow. Yeah, morning. buddy, coming into Liverpool, both to Liverpool, <laughs> which is buck wild. I don't, I can't remember another time when one team just bought another team's midfield. I mean, Liverpool, is Southampton. Oh, that doesn't count. Southampton's a feeder club. Uh, apparently, Brighton is too now. Well, yeah, apparently. So I think everything he does is a little bit found money that he. And I, he will pull the rabbit out of the hat because there's a lot of talent on that team. Um, so I think Deserby is more likely to go. I think he gets pulled home to Italy. I think somebody gets an itchy trigger finger and throws an unholy amount of money at him. Like if AC Milan or Inter? I could I could see an AC Milan. They spent a lot of money this summer. And yeah. if those pieces don't start to come together, I could see them trying to bring him home. Honestly, somebody like Juventus. Okay. MJ? I agree that the Zerbi is more likely to go uh, for a number of reasons. And they have more to do with just Brighton Hove and their success than anything going on with Brentford. Um, so Thomas Frank is Danish. Correct. Could you see him going to like if if like uh, Dortmund or Red no. Bull? Probably like too s- too big for his britches. Or or I mean or Bayern for that matter. Like finished like or started slowly. Can you see? I mean, Tom, I think no, Thomas Frank like played. He's gonna go to like in, a Stuttgart or a Frankfurt. Well, I think. Well, I think Thomas Frank played in the in the Bundesliga. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, as a as a player. Um, you, you couldn't see him going to like an, a German team. I could definitely see him going to a German team. Somebody like Dortmund would actually be a great fit. I I can't see him going to Bayern and being successful. Not because I don't think he's a great manager, but I think Graham Potter's experience at Chelsea is illustrative. You right. know, you, you get right. a guy who's used to motivating players who have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, guys who are not blue chippers. That's one skill set. Managing Harry Kane and Ben Pavard and Kingsley Coman and all of those personalities and getting everybody to kind of get in sync and get with the program, that's a different skill set. Yep. And I don't know that he has it. I'm not saying for sure he doesn't, but he hasn't shown me that he does. Okay. Thomas Frank only played in the Danish League. Okay. Really? And and uh, I'd have lost that bet. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I – if he leaves for Germany, he is going to not a top four team in Germany. Fair and enough. I'm not saying that's not a move he would like to make. If someone, if the right German team comes calling, he doesn't leave. But yeah, I don't think he's going to one of the big ones. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on. Newcastle, um, I think, unexpectedly popped into the top four last year. I think they're uh, slightly ahead of uh, what everybody kind of expected their trajectory to be. Um, do you both? Do you guys think that this is a this is a blip? Like, are they coming back down? Obviously, now um, they have to play Champions League for the first time since two thousand and three, I believe. So, um, will Newcastle stay in that top four, and can they make a run in Champions League? We just talked about the most interesting managers. Now we go to the one of the most boring managers in Eddie Howe. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. And yeah, I. I, I think they'll get annihilated trying to do too much this, this season. I think they'll be okay in the Prem. I think 
if they're pragmatic, they'll punt Europe a little bit and say, you know, it's good to be here. The money is excellent. You know, let's just not make an ass of ourselves. Uh, there's a lot of talent on that squad. We both, we've talked about Alexander Isak. Callum Wilson has fit really well into that system. Guimaraes is one of the best midfielders in the Prem. They strengthened the defense. They added Tonali. It's hard to look at them and say they're going to be worse than they were last year. The one, I think, X factor is if Trippier goes down, that defense starts to look very, yes. very static. Yes. Well, and suspect. What? Static and suspect. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think there's going to be a second-year um, blip for them, and I think they don't, they don't qualify for... Uh, I mean, maybe they finish fifth and and qualify via the coefficient stuff, but I think they, I think, I think, I mean, I can't imagine the Saudi Arabia uh, premier investment fund or whatever um, wanting to punt on fucking Europe. They're going to want to go for it, and I think that's going to be a priority. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the year, um, Eddie Howe is not the manager of Newcastle anymore because of that. So I, I suspect their trigger is going to be quick. Yeah. One interesting thing to watch will be, I mean, the Saudi league is now a thing. They're investing in their home league in a way that they didn't when they bought Newcastle. So Newcastle has had a pretty limited, unlimited rather, pot of money. Maybe the lid goes on if they don't start living up to expectations. Right. All right. Uh, that brings us to Man City. Can this team be the first team ever to win four titles in a row? And this is not just not just in the Premier League, but like, in English first division history, can will City win four titles in a row? I just, I all I want right now is a yes or no answer. MJ, yes. Can yes, will no, no and no. All right, there we go. That's all we need to talk about. That um, I think this question is actually much more fun. How many EPL managers that start the season? Uh, that we're not including Julian Pategi because he's technically the season hasn't started yet. Um, <laughs> will end the season. In the same job. Uh, I'm, I'm going to set the over-under at nine and a half. Wow. You got to pick the over or the under uh, on nine and a half EPL managers having the same job at the end of the year. Man. That's tough. I'm going to take the over, and here's why. Uh, I got to give credit to JP Breen on this because I think he listens to the podcast and he'll break my knees if I don't. I think a lot of teams are going to do the Bournemouth thing of – waiting out this first part of the year, seeing what talent is in their squad, seeing how far they can get without much additional investment, and then in January going ham and bringing in a lot of players. And you can't do that and change your coaching staff at the same time. You've got to pick one level of consistency. So I think a lot of teams are going to ride or die with their coaches and see how the transfer market goes in January. I also will take the over. I was guessing around twelve. We'll we'll keep we'll keep their same job. Okay, a little bit above half. Um, I have no better reasoning than Dan. So, uh, but yeah, I I think more will keep than get fired. Okay, or That's, leave. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I here's the thing. I'm 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 banging that under. I'm banging that hard. Uh, and here's the reason why. Um, there are like four coaches in the EPL right now that are like fr cold, frigid seats. It's Pep. Um, it's uh, Jurgen. Mikel Arteta. It, what's that? Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta. 
Um, and it is a uh, uh, it's Deserbi as well. Yeah. Um, but the problem is with Deserbi is that he could probably be bought out from yeah. his contract. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a just little. We about that. Every other coach, and this is like a like a, a bastardization of a Kenny Dalglish coach uh, quote, is that every coach is eight games away from being sacked. And I mean. I could see Everton going through two coaches this year. I could see <laughs> not, not just Everton, several teams going through two coaches this year. So. But that does not count towards your. No, towards, I, I towards, just, to, there are, when when the games it's kick out off, of twenty. When the games kick off to, today, when you're listening to this podcast, yeah, there are twenty teams. Yeah. There are twenty head coaches. How many are still managing the same team that they're managing right now? Not like. Oh, I got I got fired by another team. I'm picked up by another right, team. Right, right, no, so. 12, 12 or like, more. Fucking, uh, fucking, uh, what what's his nuts with Crystal Palace? I'm going to ask it as a question. How many teams tricked themselves into hiring Frank Lampard this season? <laughs> I mean, you could see Wayne Rooney getting a call from a fucking Crystal Palace. Oh, absolutely. Yes, when, uh, yes. When what's when what's his nuts? Uh, fucking shits the bed and like literally shits the bed. Uh, Roy um, Hodgson. Roy, yeah. When he literally like shits in his bed, uh, yeah. Well, like, wouldn't they call fucking Wayne Rooney? Be like, hey man, you want to come, come back? And DC is a goddamn tire fire right now in terms of all their other shit going on. So, and when he want to be like, you know what? I could go back to England, and I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't like his wife that much, and that's why he like he likes someone over here. But you know, or his kids. I guess I don't know. Whatever. It's not not trying to be sexist. Like maybe he hates his kids too. So. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Who doesn't hate their kids? Uh, you know what? I fucking love my children, MJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm also fairly fond of mine, yeah. I mean, I hate them, but I also fucking love them. See, so. that's what I'm saying. Hate right. and love go hand in hand. A <laughs> right, couple, couple, more, couple, couple more questions and we'll hit a break. Which of the newly promoted teams finishes highest? The, the newly promoted teams, Sheffield United, Luton Town, and Burnley. I think this answer is pretty easy, but I'll let you guys have the have a say. Burnley with Vincent Company in a managerial role. So Burnley ran away and hid with a championship last year. They finished on 101 points, uh, 10 points ahead of Sheffield, and 20 points ahead of Luton. They're going to play some boring-ass football. It's not going to be pleasant to watch. They've, they've strengthened the defense and the transfer window, so they're going to finish ahead of the other two, but it's going to be the most dire. You are going to wish you were watching Luton Town games <laughs> because, hey, something cool might happen, whereas Burnley is going to run themselves into the ground. So I have a hot take. I think it's, I think it's Luton Town. Do you really? I think Luton Town finishes higher than Burnley. Up the Hatters, man. Yep, up the Hatters. Up the fucking Hatters. Uh, all right, and then our last question before the break: Which will teams actually abide by the new rules against surrounding refs staying in their technical area? So, for people who haven't brushed up on the new EPL rules, the league is allegedly cracking down on one of the most obnoxious things in soccer, which is teams surrounding the referee and asking for a foul or asking for a card or screaming for VAR as though the referee got to choose that. And and, oh. and, and managers like running out onto the pitch. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 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 po- like post-game and, and halftime. Assistant coaches like yeah. just swarming fourth officials or whatever like like complaining about who knows what. Uh, 
Well, and one of the crazy things that's, and it's part of this is the head coach gets the technical area, and if anyone else gets off the bench, even just to shout instructions to their own player, that is technically now a yellow card. Yeah. Uh, will the teams abide by the new rules? No. And whether they change their habits will be, depend on how strict the new rules are enforced. My thing with this is that it's, a, it's as good as the referees are willing to enforce it against home teams. Because it's all well and good to give the yellow to the uh, opposing team manager a yellow card. The fans are going to eat that up. But when you're sending off their manager or you're yellow carding two of their players in like the eighth minute because they're surrounding the ref, that's going to turn the crowd pretty hostile against you. And referees do not like that. And one of the big lessons from COVID is that a home team advantage is a very real thing because of the crowd. So if the referees are willing to take it, I think they could actually get the behavior change they want, but it's kind of on them to to have the spine and to take the abuse. And I think if they can do it by January, it'll start to change. Fair enough. MJ, anything else? Change is hard, change is slow. Indeed, indeed it is. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will each have some time to talk about our own teams, and then we'll... Um, We'll give you some absolute 100% real predictions as Spain just scored a goal in the Women's World Cup. So we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back with the second half of the EPL Preview Podcast from the Daves. I know Dan and MJ are still here, um, and we're going to talk a little specifically about our own personal teams. Dan, uh, you are an Arsenal fan for some reason. I am, because I became an Arsenal fan in 2001 when it was either them or the godless Manchester United, and I'm proud of that decision every day. Uh, all right, and Arsenal almost won. I mean, they didn't almost win the league last year. They, they challenged for the league most of the year last year. Can they win the league this year? I think they absolutely can. And it's buck wild to say that. I mean, going into last season, Mikel Arteta's job was not safe. This team was promising. There were some interesting pieces, but they didn't look at all like a title contender. So going into this season needing to polish some areas and add key talent instead of general talent, I think really reflects just how transformative last season was. The big signing of the offseason, obviously Declan Rice from West Ham. It was a saga. West Ham stretched it out over when payments were going to be made, all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, Arsenal got way better bringing him in. Uh, Grant Shaka was a terrific servant to the club. Uh, wish him nothing but the best at Leverkusen. Declan Rice is going to materially improve this team. Um, Kai Havertz, I got to be honest with you guys, I don't get it. I don't get the signing. I, I don't either. That, that one... That one weirded me out a little bit but I also like Mikel Arteta is, is a really good fucking manager so I'm like he must he must see something right that's, right that's exactly where I am on it like if this were Freddie Lundberg or Unai Emery who was like we're bringing in Kai Havertz I was like I hope your LinkedIn is up to date <laughs> oh shit the Netherlands just scored the Netherlands just All right, scored we're going, we're, we're, we're going, going to, to pens. Pens. we're going next time 
Also, the Netherlands is predominantly Arsenal players, so this is dovetails beautifully. The thing that Havertz does really well is counter-pressing. He is versatile, and I think that speaks to what Arsenal did this summer, which is adding players that were specifically suited to Mikel Arteta's style. Of the intermittent pressing, you don't press all the time, but you're pressing key times, and representative of adding depth. So where Arsenal last year uh, had William Saliba go down, they had Gabriel Jesus go down, and all of a sudden you could see players were getting more fatigued. The talent level wasn't there. This year they have Trossard, they've got Havertz, they've got Timber, they've got Tomiyasu healthy again, they've got Kieran Tierney healthy again. The team just looks stocky. Wait, you have Pitbull on your team? Dale. Yelling Timber! <laughs> I, of the two, I think I'd rather have him or Kesha, but uh, don't hold me that. Kesha could be a fierce of six, man. Oh, Ke oh yeah, no, Ke Kesha would fuck people up. <laughs> Kesha's a red card risk. Kesha is I think I think definitely would have rather have Kesha than uh, fucking pi uh, Pitbull. Mr. World, for sure, yeah. So, so I mean, the, the big answer to why they can win the league is they're an incredibly talented squad. They're super young. Their best players, Bakayo Saka, Martin Odegaard, uh, Gabriel Martinelli, they're all in their early 20s. They're at the point in their career where you can reasonably expect incremental improvements annually. And that they all want to work this hard. Arteta has instilled in them that the title is out there. They just need to chase it. And then they added the depth. They brought in the players that mean that they can compete in multiple cups. They, I don't think they're going to take Europe super seriously this year. But... If you get a great knockout stage draw, does that change? Yeah, maybe. And they've got the personnel to do it. So I think this is going to be a fascinating season. I think Manchester City got worse. I think they lost a lot. Of, they lost players that they did not replace at all. That's like the the center back they brought in. I'm going to butcher his last name. I forgot to pronounce this one. Sorry. Um, is fantastic. He's he's the Gravidal, I think. Yeah, but they but they lost attacking. They talents. lost Riyad Mahrez and they lost. Ilkay Gundogan, yeah, who are just these lightning rods for them. I can't so, count the number of times that one of those two guys popped up off the bench and scored. To your point from the first half, the 88th minute win. Yeah, a fucking amazing goal that that won a game. Yes, yeah. no, I think Mares and, and Gundogan are going to be missed, and they did not. I mean, I think Pep is hoping that uh, um, that Julian Before Alvarez he, is that player for them going forward, but. It's man, it's fucking hard. It's it's hard to, as hell to come that. off the bench and be elite dude, for fifteen minutes. Fucking Divac Origi yeah, for, for right. Liverpool, right? Like, but that dude one in a million. That dude is like that dude will probably have a statue at Liverpool. He only scored like what like fifteen fucking goals for Liverpool, but he will have a statue because all of the goddamn goals he scored were amazing. Gundogan is the exact same fucking thing. And Reese Nelson was that player for Arsenal last year, and it's so much fun to have them, and it's maddening to watch the other teams do it. Right. So I think I think Arsenal can win this season simply by being by forcing City to be their best every single game, week in and week out, because I think that puts a lot of pressure on City, and they don't have the and you forgot to look at my left hand, it's Riyad Mahrez from the top of the box. 19 yards, top corner. Fuck you, give me all three points. Right. So that's that's why I think Arsenal can win this season. Honestly, I'm just super excited for this team. They're going to be fun as hell to watch. Yeah. All right, moving on. MJ, do you have anything for your Arsenal Arsenal conversation? No. No, oh, yeah. no, no. Right. Dan, Dan knows so the team way better than I Moving from one side of the table to the other side I of the table. MJ, 
How does Everton stay up this season? They have been flirting with uh, relegation the last couple years, um, and I'm I'm they haven't done a ton to like make me confident about that. But like, pitch, what, me, the, what, pitch me the reason why they can stay up. What What about bringing in Ashley Cole for free doesn't breathe confidence in you? A, a thirty-plus-year-old Ashley Cole. Wait, like he is the answer to all of Everton's defensive problems. Not ideally what happens and how we stay up is we fire chairman Bill Kenwright and get uh, Hugh Grossvener, uh, the seventh Duke of Westminster, to invest two billion pounds. It's a good strategy. I approve. That is, that is a, that is a okay, strategy. But, but, but like back to reality now, uh, we still have Pickford. We have a lot of center backs, even though we lost Jerry Mina for free. Uh Damari Gray C- and Dominic C- Calvin-Lewin. MJ, uh, sorry, uh, center backs don't score goals. Yes, but, like, our defense was had major problems last year, too. Fair enough. And part of that reason was Yeremina was injured. So, like, we got rid of him because he was injured all the time, but, like, he was one of our best center backs when he was in. So, anyway, uh, no, I, th- I don't know if Dominic Calvin-Lewin stays healthy all season. He won't. But I feel that he and Damari Gray will get on better chemistry – than they have in the past. Uh, and uh, I'm hopeful that Delhi Alley will play better now that a certain burden has been lifted from him. I don't, for those that don't know his story, go f- find the, the interview that he did that was very touching. But I'm hoping he feels a little bit more liberated. That's the, the positives. The, the negative is we're, we're desperate for money. We, we've sold a lot of prospect, young prospect players for money, just so we could have some money. Moises Keane to Juventus for 31 million pounds. Striker Ellis Sims, like in his young 20s, going to Coventry City for 8 million pounds. 17-year-old left back uh, Ishii Samuel Smith to Chelsea for 4 million. And that still won't be enough for us to do much with, but we stay up. Does Damari Gray start the season with this team? Because last I knew, he said he wanted to play for Fulham. Oh, wow. That's news to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he told Everton he wasn't going to play for them this season, that he only wanted Everton, or that he only wanted Fulham. But yeah. players say a lot of things. We'll see if that transfer happens. I haven't seen it yet. So, yeah. Uh, that throws another wrench into the system. And... Yes, I don't know where our goals just come from. I don't know where our wins are going to come from. But I still say we stay up. And now that we've dwelled on the bottom part of the table, let's move back up towards the top. Not the top, but the next person will have an argument that they could be at the top. What, what makes you think Liverpool wins the league this year, Zeller? Um, fucking faith in God. God exists. And she's a she's she's a red. She's a Liverpool fan. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Jesus plays for Arsenal, the other red that? team. No, no. God, God's fuck. God, yeah, no. God does not live in London. God lives in fucking Liverpool. Um, no, no, no. So here's the thing. I think Liverpool had a bad, a, a relatively bad season last year. Um, but compared to every other, um, almost every other team in the league, it was a good season. Like they, they almost they went from like being like what eighth or ninth and almost winning, almost like qualifying for Europe, for the Champions League. Um, I think there's there's 
this team has injury issues, so I'm, I'm, I, you know, you always have to have that in the back of your mind. However, uh, this is a team that fucking cares, and and in a weird way, like I'm not sure how many um, Arsenal or Man City or Man U uh, academy players are playing for those teams right now. There's like five that are currently like on the uh, Liverpool roster right now. Players that have been that have like care about this team so as much. So Arsenal has at least five. So yeah, I mean it's there's there are this is a team that has a lot of motivation to win. They know that uh, they you know screwed the pooch last year and they brought in they brought in two they I mean they lost I don't know I haven't even talked about the Saudi the Saudi Arabia bullshit Saudi Arabia bullshit um, but they brought in two amazing midfielders who are young and are ready to to, to compete um, the thing is and, and as someone I think someone on another podcast that I listened to it might have been the the minister the um, the Guardian uh, Weekly uh, football podcast basically if Curtis Jones was playing for Borussia Dortmund, Liverpool fans would be clamoring to sign him. And we actually have him already. I don't think Liverpool fans truly appreciate how amazing Curtis Jones can and will be for this team. Um, I think Liverpool, and I, I know I'm, I'm being, I, I have my, my fan hat on. I, I'm being biased here. Um, not only do they win the league, they fucking win the league. Uh, and I'm prepared to be disappointed. My wife, as my my Man City loving wife, uh, will probably remind me in April when City has a ten point lead on Liverpool or Arsenal or whom the fuck ever. <laughs> but I think this team they they need to bring in another. Well, yeah, spoiler. I think they brought in Moises Casado today. It's not done, done, but it's you could eat it. You wouldn't get food poisoning. It's done enough. It's food yeah. safe. Um, they probably need to bring in another midfielder. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they're replacing a bunch of people who did not really contribute. I mean, I fucking love James Milner. We almost named our first kid James Raheem uh, for James Milner and Raheem Sterling, the two players that had played for Man City and Liverpool. I thought it was Raheem Morris. I thought you were a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan all I, of a sudden. No, no, no. Not, not, <laughs> not, not quite. Um, so we almost named uh, Ragnar James Raheem. Um, but I felt a little weird naming a, a white kid Raheem. So decided to – or no. It was, sorry. It wasn't James Raheem. It was James Sterling. That would that would have been, that's that's that been, been the name. Um, not Raheem. Although James Sterling owns a yacht. Like yes. that's a yacht name. Yes. Uh, so Ragnar Vincent is a much better name. It's a much more uh, distinguished name, or less distinguished name, I guess. Anyways, so I don't know. I think the there's there is a an opportunity here, and we talked about this a little bit ago. Like that, you know, Man City like four titles in a row is a big fucking deal. There's a lot of pressure there. To Dan's point earlier, um, Liverpool is, is like I don't know how. Serious, they're going to take Euro- like Europa. Like maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, but they could seriously punt Europa and just like like say let's fucking go for it. 
And if, you know, this team has, not, has had injury issues over the course of the last several years, but if they don't, this might be the best 11 in the, in the, in the EPL this year. So. so, question for you. Bobby Firmino is gone. Liverpool does not hurt for attacking talent, but the adage in the NFL is if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. So, who is Liverpool's second scorer this season? Um, it's... Wait a minute, after Salah? Yeah. I'm going to answer this. So I, I you think, think it's, it's Hota, or do you think it's... Uh, Darwin Nunez. Yeah, it's, it's Darwin. Okay, I think he sucked shit last year. Let's all agree on that. No, 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 he did not. I, I will not. I will not agree with that. I'm doing righteous gem show shit right now. Like I do not agree. I do not agree with that. He was awful. No, no, he was no. You are you are looking at this at a from a fucking weird perspective, man. Like the that perspective scored, of balls and nets. That dude That's what I'm looking at. Fifteen fucking goals coming from a league from Benfica from a fucking Portuguese league. He is going to score. Okay, Dan, I, I'm willing to make a bet with you right now. Darwin Nunez is going to score 17 goals this year. At least 17 goals. You want to take that bet? Man. I am a huge Diogo Hutza fan. I, and I have been for a long no, time. No, I'm saying Darwin Nunez. No, I know. But the question is who gets the playing time, right? So Because you can't score from the bench. So, I, you know what? I, I think So I think their starting lineup will probably not have Nunez in it at the start. But, he but he's going to come on. He's going to come on like the 60th minute. He's going to score a lot. I mean, he's going to score a lot of garbage time goals probably when teams are trying to chasing games against Liverpool. But he's going to score 17 goals. And I think I think Jota should be the starter, and then Diaz. But um, in this also Gakpo, Gakpo, but Gakpo oh, can play. Gakpo too. He can play the midfield, which is I think the thing that people are not um, understanding is that you can you can get. Five of those fucking dudes on the pitch. This team is not going to not score goals. Like Liverpool probably will score the most goals ever in the history of the Premier League, but they're also probably going to concede a shit ton of goals because they don't really have any backup for the defense. Like Fabinho not going to Saudi Arabia is a big boon because when it looked like he was going to go, Liverpool's defense was so. No, Fabinho went. Yeah, wait, Fabinho or Fabinho? Both. I thought Fabinho came back. No, he's, oh. he's gone. But oh, so you guys he are screwed. He is gone. You're real screwed. Yeah, uh, that's why they're that's why they're going in on Caicedo as hard as they are because McAllister can play the eight or the six. Um, McAllister and, and Shobashai can can play the six. McAllister probably more or better than um, the you know the Red Bull guy, but yeah, they're. I'm going to take the under on 17 goals for, for Diaz. But All right. I, but I will say. An, I think, an adult beverage? Shake my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do an adult all beverage. Right. I'm in for they, that. They did I, actually shake everyone. Yep. I will say, I think for all three of our squads, the biggest strength is the coaching. I think Klopp is amazing. I'm super high on Mikel Arteta. I think anyone that's not Frank Lampard is a big improvement for Everton. But I think Sean Dyche fits with that club. I think you're exactly it, right with what you said earlier. It, it is the most Moyes coach we've had since Moyes. And, it, and what I mean by that is fits the attitude of the club and fits tactics that can fit the financial like reality of the club. Yeah. Also, Sean Dyche will definitely fight somebody during a Merseyside Derby, and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, and I'm, and I'm here for it. 
he will definitely fight someone during a Merseyside Derby. I'm absolutely here for it. My, so. my favorite thing about Sean Dyche is that he's a like hardcore rule follower to the extent that he will fight someone during the Merseyside Derby, but from his technical area. He won't leave his technical area, and he will cold cock somebody. And I respect it. All right. Um, <laughs> anything else, MJ, Dan, on our, on our favorite teams? I think we can all agree it would be absolutely fucking hilarious if Man said he got 12. Um, I have a non-three favorite team question that all of us can answer. Will Chelsea do better than last season? Oh, that's a good oh, question. 100%. Dude, they're not finishing 12th. Okay, well, okay, sorry. Maybe that's the wrong question. Will Ch- Will Chelsea get back into Champions League spots no. this season? Not let's, Champions let's, League. Let's save that for the end of the podcast. Okay. That's, that's a very good question, MJ. Okay. We'll save that for the end of the podcast. Let's talk about our two teams. Two our, our two yes, yes. teams that we are excited to watch, our non-favorite teams division. Obviously, you can't pick. Arsenal, Dan, MJ, you can't pick Everton, I can't pick Liverpool. Who are the two teams you are very excited to watch and why? Uh, I'll kick this one off. The The team I'm probably most excited to watch is Aston Villa. Uh, if you didn't watch a lot of their games in the back half of last season, they got good. When Coutinho came in and got integrated into the squad, they really kicked it up a notch. Unai Emery's a fucking really good Fucking manager, he, he's man. A, as long as you buy into his system, I mean, he was awful at Arsenal. He really, really was. Because Arsenal, I mean, you look at Wenger, and you can criticize him for not being pragmatic enough. I mean, it was beautiful football. Unai Emery's the exact opposite. He's pragmatic to a fall, but that's a bad match for the club. But he has expanded a little bit. And Villa, with Ali Watkins, with Musa Diaby they brought in this year, um, with Coutinho, the aforementioned, they're a really, really good squad. The The defense is going to be a little thin, but with Emmy Martinez, that's a pretty good fail-safe option back there. So I think they're going to be a lot of fun, particularly if you don't care if they win or lose, because they're going to play a lot of 4-3, uh, 5-4 games, and, and that's great for neutrals. Yep. I think my other one is Brighton. Um, I'm super high on Deserbi. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think with players like Matelma and Enciso, they've oh. got – Matoma's going in January. He's yeah. got. To, he has to. Well, he didn't have to. They, they're a European squad. Like, if they if they're the, out if they're out of uh, Europa, they sell they sell Matoma. I would I would imagine. But yeah, that I, dude that dude's fucking great. I love him. He scored he scored probably one of the best goals of the EPL season against Liverpool. And I was like, holy fuck, that dude's amazing. Yeah, Matoma is incredible. But here's the reason I think they keep him. They have a hundred and forty million dollar war chest. More than 440 million pound war chest. I'm sorry. Like, they don't need the money. They need talented players. But the thing I love about Deserby is it doesn't matter if somebody is a blue chip. It doesn't matter if somebody has, you know, come off of injury. He just knows how to get the best out of players, and that makes Brighton fun as hell to watch. He made Danny Welbeck, a guy who fl- who injured his way out of Liverpool, le- injured his way out of Arsenal, into a legitimate Premier League player again, and I respect any coach that can do that. So... Here's a fun fact about Brighton is that um, so Matoma, they uh, I don't know, if anybody doesn't listen to the Price of Football podcast, like definitely listen to that podcast. Like put in your in your in your podcast feed. Um, one of the one of the hosts of that podcast is a Brighton fan. Uh, he wor- he works for the University of Liverpool, but they they sold out of jerseys because of Matoma because a bunch of Japanese fans like. 
flew to England and like bought a f- all the fucking jerseys. And so Brighton, I, I, I'm not sure who their jersey sponsor is. I think it's it's a, it's a smaller company, maybe Castor, probably or, Castor or, 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 or or Joma or something like that. Or yeah, Kappa. Um, but yeah, they literally like they did not have you could not buy a jersey, a Brighton jersey last year because all of these Japanese fans came and bought all, all the fucking jerseys because they wanted a Matoma jersey, which is like, you know, fucking brilliant. I'm amazing. I love it. Fucking Asians. Yeah. But no, not saying that, MJ. I am. <laughs> all right, MJ, who are your two teams that you want to keep an eye on this year? Well, I'm going to echo Dan's uh, Brighton just because, again, I think Zerbi's a great manager, and it's their first time playing in Europe. So they got a lot to balance. It's historic for them. Will they rise to that historic occasion? We'll see. Um, I mean, I think I think they should put a priority on Europe, honestly. But that's just me. <laughs> I mean, not at the expense of, of like not being mid-table, but I think they can be mid-table and prioritize Europa League. So um, the other thing, the other team that I, that I'm looking forward to watching is Wolves, kind of because they're a mess right now. They fired their their manager. They brought in an Irish guy, O'Neill. They right? didn't. They didn't fire the manager. They didn't fire the manager. This was an agreed upon um, parting of ways. It was by and mutual consent. Yes. No. No. But the, you know, here, no. Literally, it legitimately was like he had told the team that he wanted to leave, and he was waiting for the team to f- find a manager to take over. Gary O'Neill. That Irish motherfucker steps up, apparently. So, well, yeah, Wolves are, are a fucking train wreck, they're, man. They're, they're a mess. Uh, they have a Korean striker named Huang Hee Chan. Um, I always like watching him. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they're not going to be great. They might even finish below Everton. <laughs> so, uh, but, I take that bet. But, but yeah. it will be fun to watch. Uh, regardless, I, I miss Nunu a lot. Wolves Wolves have chosen to be bad. Like <laughs> it's they went into this offseason knowing that they needed to add players because the reason that the coach left was not because he hates Wolverhampton or it doesn't look good in Orange. It's because they didn't bring in any players. And he gave the club an ultimatum, which is, hey, give me something to work with or I'm leaving. So Wolves knew that. I mean, it is by mutual consent. Nobody was surprised this happened, but it was because Wolves didn't spend any money, and they were bad last year, and they got worse. So this is going to be like, look, mess is when my daughter rips up a bunch of naan and drops it off her high chair. This is going to be something closer to a super fun site. <laughs> yeah, can't Zeller can't, can't really hear anything here. Um, so, much to MJ's chagrin, I'm going to say Everton. I just, I think this is a tire fire that's been going on. It's been, this is the Springfield tire fire. It has been happening for years, and no one acknowledges it. Um, and much as I, 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 I love our rivalry, MJ, I love the, the Merseyside Derby. I think this is, I, this is, has to be the fucking year that, you guys go down and I it, I mean I might I might have a smile on my face as I say it but I'm I am truly not happy about it, it, it is. but you'll laugh when it happens I will fucking yes 
I'm going to be ecstatic when okay, it happens. Well, what, but, what, but it's not good. It's not good for. It's not good for soccer. It's not good for football. It's not good for the the Premier League. So, um, and it, it just what? Yeah, I I feel like you guys will have three managers this year and still go down. That's oh, I disagree. I also disagree. Sean Dyche is no Frank Lampard. Um, who's your second team? Nottingham. Oh, love it. A Jesse Lingard fan. Jesse Lingard. Uh, fucking Matt Turner getting some, some Premier League minutes. I think this might be... I, I think Forrest is staying up. I think... Here's the thing. I think Forrest challenges for uh, Euro, Europe spots. All yeah. right. Also, Robin Hood can shoot. Yeah. They need so. a they need a young scorer from Nottinghamshire that they yeah, can yeah, call yeah, Robin yeah. Hood. That's just like someone the, someone who's foxy. So, yeah. so foxy. Forrest, Forrest like they, they they brought in what what forty eight different players last year, and they survived. And I think I think there's like I think they're gonna like I think they've managed. Do you think they stay up? They balanced it. Yes. I oh I definitely think they stay if up. He, if so. he thinks they're going to Europe, he definitely thinks they're staying yeah. up. <laughs> so all right. Let's uh let's finish off with our our top six, and our relegation spot. So uh, Dan, uh, who are your who's your top six? I'm not gonna lie, I'm pump faking this like literally right now. Fuck it, Arsenal wins. All I right, think, I think Arsenal wins the title. Uh, so I've got Arsenal winning it. I've got City coming in second. I've got Liverpool third. Uh, I've got Newcastle fourth, although you have you have shaken my faith in Newcastle, so I will give you credit for that. Uh, I've got uh, I hate to say it because I I think the I think their players are terrible, and I think every one of their fans are bad people. I've got Manchester <laughs> United finishing fifth. I got Villa finishing sixth. All right, MJ, who you got? I have Manchester City first, Arsenal second, Liverpool sadly third, Manchester United sadly fourth. Newcastle fifth and Tottenham sixth. Oh, the only one with some Tottenham love here. Yeah, it should, uh, be, it should be noted this is only the second mention of Tottenham on this podcast, and we're probably an hour two at this point. Yep. Uh, wait, wait, wait. We've talked about Harry Kane, and he mentioned Sun, Sun Min Hong. So oh, yeah. All right, so, so this is three. But my point here is <laughs> Tottenham has, in the course of like two and a half seasons, gone from could they be a force in Europe to mid-table relegation fodder and I just want to say as an Arsenal fan my heart is so warm it's so warm I have a smile on my face that fuck is your cheese room and fuck your trophyless club 100% fair um, I am uh, uh, yeah obviously Liverpool first uh, Arsenal second Man City third Villa fourth I think what Unai Emery is doing at Villa um, is amazing and makes Steven Gerrard's tenure there seem like a fucking shit show. Uh, Man City fifth, I think they still qualify for Europe because of that goddamn fifth spot that Europe has. Um, Chelsea sixth, Man U seventh, Tottenham tenth. I think I'm just gonna throw it out there based on you know whatever. I think I have them in eighth. Yeah, and it's it's rough. They're going to be – if and when Kane leaves, it's going to be a rough season, especially because Richarlson probably needs surgery now too. All right, who we have for relegation? MJ, you want to go first? In 18th place, I have Burnmouth. In 19th place, Sheffield United. And in 20th, Lutontown. 
Dan. Uh, I've got Luton Town finishing bottom uh, down the Hatters, quite unfortunately. Uh, I got Wolves finishing there, and then I've got uh, Sheffield United. I think Sheffield United has a chance to stay up, but they're going to need a lot of miracles. They haven't. They haven't. Literally, they have literally gotten worse after they're they're from their. So they they are their off season was the genesis of the Bournemouth thesis. So I think they're going to play and see what they've got, and then in January if they're close, they'll spend a bunch of money. But looking at the squad now, yeah, they're relegation fodder for sure. All right, boys. Here's the thing. I have Luton Town staying up. I have Sheffield United being the worst team in the league. Wolves being the second worst team in the league, and Everton being the third worst team in the league. I got. Eventually, it's going to be right if you keep picking the same thing, right? It's got, eventually, you got to be right. What do you call when you do the same thing over and over, but like hoping for a different result? I believe that's known as it's insanity. It's called yeah. madness, and yeah. I'm uh, I am embracing the madness. Uh, this was fun. Anything else we need to add or uh, talk about? We tend to focus on things like structural things, golden boots, relegation fodder, championship, and for good reason. This EPL season is going to be fun. There are a lot of teams that have glaring weaknesses but really strong strengths. Love your team. Root for them to do the best. But enjoy the soccer. I think the EPL is at a point of being legitimately fun in a way it hasn't been for a long time. I just think that there there is still so many new managers and like we have three new teams as we always do, but like Luton Town hasn't been in the top division in a long time. Up you the know? headers. Up the so, headers. So like, you know, Sheffield Sheffield United, they've been up here before. You know, uh will you know, how will Nottingham Force do in their second year cuz they stayed up, you know, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. Like there's a lot of interesting storylines, as Dan alluded to, and there's going to be a lot of fun soccer and fun highlights in games you don't even care about. All right. Well, that is our uh, EPL preview podcast. I think it's about an hour and 15 minutes. Hey. Good, jo- good job, everybody, for not doing a two-hour podcast. Um, let's watch the end of this uh, Netherlands-Spain game and uh, have some have some fun. Um, please uh, rate, review the podcast wherever you get it. Davesiknow.com. Or no, you don't go to Davesiknow.com. That's not that's not a thing that exists anymore. That's like a Chinese betting site, I think, <laughs> actually. Um, Patreon.com slash Davesiknow. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter at TDIKMN, at Texas Zeller. For me, I'm on Blue Sky now. I'm I got, also on Blue Sky. I got a Blue Sky. It. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm at Texas Zeller on Twitter. I'm also at Texas Zeller dot whatever the fuck. The blue sky. Dot social. Yep. Um, MJ. MJ Matsui on the Twitters. Dan's at D Wade on Twitter, but also on. Uh, at D Wade dot blue sky dot social. You got, you got fucking D Wade. Hell well. yeah, I did. I'm better than his entire. One of you <laughs> owes me an invite. <laughs> I will get you an invite in a couple. I, uh, uh, what, next Wednesday, I'll have one. So. He has an entire social agency. This is a thing I know from a previous career, and I'm better than all of those fuckers combined. But also, with a custom domain, because I own heathout.com, we can all be username at heathout.com. And I think oh, we wow. we yes, can, we can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. fuck. All right. Yes. So, and I have, I have plans for that site. Excellent. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we have, we have some uh, yeah, breaking news. Uh, we're going to be posting some shit. <laughs> some really hard shit. Um. Come find us all. Uh, we'll be at. Uh, I'll be at 
the watch party for Minnesota United tonight, uh, Friday morning when I'm posting this goddamn podcast. Or if if you if I post it early enough, um, me and Dan will be at the bar watching Burnley Man City. So come hang out with us. Uh, anything else, boys? It's this is good. good to be back. It's this fucking good. good to be back. Yeah, you should come. You you should come back more. And I we should. should we should do more in person. I I I know it's loud and it probably sucks, but like. The person in person stuff is is much better. Listeners, than, tell us what you want. Do you want more Zoom or more in person? <laughs> All right, we have been the names you know. This is the names I know. Thing, Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.